0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to The Haunted Collection, powered by your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane, back to bring you more chilling tales of terror, urban legends to wiggle your spine. We are now in September, and getting close to one of my favorite holidays. Halloween coming up next month, October. This will probably be a different Halloween than we're used to because of the COVID-19 issues, but still no reason that we can't enjoy it in some way with some nice spooky stories, scary movies on TV. No reason not to enjoy that creepy holiday and give each other a good scare. Be sure to check out, speaking of good scares, our website, myhaunteddolls.com, where you'll find all of my books in the store out there. If you like creepy, if you like to read creepy stories, I've got my novels and my nonfiction books out there. A few of those are on audiobook. If you'd rather listen to them being read, you can find those on audible.com or Amazon or even iTunes, including my Newest novel, or most recent novel, Crimson the Blood Painting, which is read by actress Lynn R. Thomas, who does a wonderful job. Then you can, or you can listen to my book, The Legends of Indian Narrows, Ghostly Childhood Memoirs, which is narrated by yours truly. So be sure to check both of those out. And speaking of audible voices and such, I've been fighting a little bit of an allergy attack these past few days, so I do apologize if my voice doesn't sound normal or if I have a hitch or two during my speaking. Just bear with me and I assure you I'll still bring you some chilling stories. And with that in mind, let's get started. I thought it would be great fun, since we're approaching the Halloween time and the fall, to go ahead and talk about some creepy urban legends. Now, as we all know, urban legends are normally thought to be myths, stories made up over time. But many believe that urban legends are spawned from the truth. And we're about to hear some of those legends that just might be true. In fact, actually turned out to be true. For I have, right here, listed for your entertainment, in a chilling good time, 11 terrifying urban legends that turned out to be true. Urban legends, those unsubstantiated stories of terror that allow us to use our imaginations to fill in increasingly horrifying details with each retelling have been with us forever. While the internet has made dissemination of them easier, humans have been goading one another with spooky anecdotes for centuries, around campfires in front of the warm hearth in the evenings on a cool winter night, even now around the kitchen table. Psychologists believe we respond to these tales because we have a morbid fascination with the disgusting. (laughs) We also can't help but enjoy gossip, right? Put those two things together and it makes for an irresistible mix. Urban legends often come with a dose of skepticism. But sometimes these stories turn out to be true. Number 1. Rats and the Toilet Bowl You stagger into the bathroom at 3 a.m. to relieve yourself. Groggy with sleep, you lift the lid and position yourself over the toilet. You hear splashing. Turning on the light, you see a rat looking back at you from the bowl. You're never the same again. Urban legends about animals in sewers have been a staple of scary stories, particularly the one about baby alligators being flushed down toilets and then growing to adult size and waste channels, most often told about New York. But finding a rodent in your toilet inches from very vulnerable areas of your body is a particular kind of domestic terror and one that happens to be possible. Drain plumbing for toilets is typically three inches in diameter or more. Plenty of space for a rat to climb up. The animals are attracted to sewage lines due to undigested food and feces and can travel through pipes before emerging through an opening and into your bathroom. And yes, rats can be somewhat testy when they complete their journey One aquatic rodent bit the rump of a female victim in Petersburg, Virginia in 1999. In Seattle, the issue is common enough that public officials have given advice on what to do in case you encounter one. Just simply close the lid and flush. (laughs) Number 2. The Legend of Polybius Vintage video gamers have long traded stories about a coin-operated arcade game circa early 1980s, Portland, that had strange effects on its players. The game, titled Polybius, was alleged to have prompted feelings of disorientation, amnesia, game addiction, and even suicide. The machine's cabinet was said to be painted entirely black, and it was rumored that stern-looking men would sometimes visit arcades to collect information from the machine before disappearing. Was it a CIA experiment spun off from MKUltra, the psychoactive drug study conducted on unsuspecting subjects? While the entire story doesn't hold up to scrutiny, individual pieces are actually based in fact. Brian Dunning, host of the Skeptoid podcast, did some investigative work and found that a 12-year-old named Brian Morrow had become sickened during a 28-hour marathon video game contest in Portland in 1981. He apparently drank too much soda and experienced stomach discomfort, Just a few days later, Portland-area arcades were raided by federal agents who seized cabinets that were being used for gambling. Coupled with the existence of a real arcade game named Polyplay, these memories seem to amalgamate into a polybious legend. Number 3. Candyman Released in 1992, Candyman, based on a short story by Clive Barker, remains a potent horror tale of the revenge undertaken by a black artist murdered in the the 1890s for having a relationship with a white woman. While it's not likely you'll be able to invoke him by saying his name several times in a mirror, the pants-soiling idea of having a killer burst through a medicine cabinet is actually based in fact. In 1987, the Chicago Reader published a story about Ruth McCoy, a woman living in a Chicago housing project who made a frantic call to 911, insisting she was being attacked in her apartment. Responders eventually found her dead of gunshot wounds. Investigators determined that her assailants had gained access to her unit by breaking through the connecting wall in the adjoining apartment and climbing in through her medicine cabinet. The complex was built that way intentionally so that plumbers investigating leaks could simply remove the cabinet to check the pipes. It became a frequent mode of entry for burglars, and in McCoy's case, her killers. Number four: Cropsy. For years, kids living in and around Staten Island raised goosebumps by relating the tale of Cropsey, a boogeyman who lived in the woods and made a nocturnal habit of disemboweling children. Parents, no doubt, eased their kids' fears by telling them that no such monster existed. But he did. In 1987, Andre Rand was put on trial and convicted for a child abduction. Rand, it turned out, may have been connected to a rash of child disappearances in the 1970s. He had once worked at Willowbrook, a defunct mental institution. While he denies involvement in other cases, it's clear Rand's activities had a heavy influence on the word-of-mouth stories that followed. Number five, The Leaping Lawyer. Sooner or later, Toronto residents hear the tale of a lawyer who had a peculiar fondness for running full-bore into his office windows to demonstrate how strong they were. This practice caught up with him eventually as he crashed into a window and went sailing to his death. This hobby was actually practiced by Gary Hoy, a senior partner in an area law firm with an office on the 24th floor. On July 9, 1993, Hoy made his signature tackle against the window to impress some visiting law students. The pain finally broke and sent him plummeting to his death. In a eulogy, managing, Peter, managing partner Peter Lowers called Hoy one of the best and brightest at the firm. Huh. <laughs> Number 6 The Body Under the Bed Vacationing couples, newlyweds, Disneyland guests all have been the subject of an urban legend involving hotel occupants who fall blissfully to sleep only to wake up to an awful stench coming from either under the bed or inside the mattress closer inspection reveals that a dead body has been stashed away. Presumably not anyone who has died of natural causes. This traveling tale has been confirmed multiple times over. At least a dozen newspaper stories have detailed hotel rooms that have doubled as body disposal sites. While the smell is usually apparent right away, at least one couple slept on a mattress containing a body in Atlantic City in 1999. Cases in Colorado, Florida, and Virginia have been reported. In 2010, guests at a budget lodge in Memphis were horrified to discover they had been sleeping above the body of Sonny Millbrook, a missing person fabric softener had been stuffed in the ceiling tiles to try and mask the smell. At least three other occupants had also rented the room since Millbrook's disappearance. A court eventually convicted Millbrook's boyfriend, Lakeith Moody, of the crime. Number 7. The Maine Hermit For decades people who vacationed in central Maine's North Pond area were puzzled by items that would go missing. Batteries and food from cabins, flashlights from camping tents. Rumors spread that a permanent fixture of the area would forage for sustenance and supplies. They were right. For 27 years Christopher Knight lived alone in the woods keeping tabs on hikers, canoeists, and other temporary residents of the grounds. When he was confronted by a game warden in 2013, Knight admitted he was responsible for an average of around 40 robberies a year. Despite the likely protestations of family and friends who dismissed tales of a hermit lurking somewhere in the woods, his identification proved that someone had been watching and waiting for nearly 3 decades. Number 8: Fake cop trick. You may have had an overly concerned parent or friend warn you of people impersonating police officers using that veneer of authority to attack victims who have left let down their guard. While there aren't many who are in full patrol uniform or traveling in marked vehicles, there have been many documented cases of assailants posing as law enforcement. At least two happened in summer alone. In Bloomington, Illinois, a man used flashing lights to get a vehicle to pull over. After walking up to the vehicle, the man tried unsuccessfully to overpower the driver before they managed to get away. In Fayetteville, Georgia, a man donned a uniform and pulled over a teenage boy on a bike, forcing him to empty his pockets. Taking to the real or talking to the real police later, the boy told them a second car had pulled up with a man matching the description of someone who had been caught impersonating an officer just two weeks prior. Number 9. The Legend of the Bunny Man If you lived in or around Virginia in the 1970s, you were probably exposed to the story of the Bunny Man. In the tale, an escaped mental patient takes to gutting bunnies and hanging them from a bridge underpass. Later, the maniac is said to have graduated to gutting and hanging teenagers in a similar manner. Locals were cautioned to never be caught near the underpass, which is now known to most people as Bunny Man Bridge on Halloween night. This story likely spawned from the very real presence of a real presence of a roving madman in that area. In October 1970, a couple reported seeing a man dressed in a white suit and wearing bunny ears, who began yelling at them that they were on private property. To punctuate his point, he threw a hatchet at their windscreen, apparently shattering it. There was a second sighting of Bunny Man two weeks later, when a security guard spotted a hatchet-wielding man chipping away at a porch railing. Police tried unsuccessfully to locate the man. While he didn't disembowel anyone, the very thought of an adult wielding both a hatchet and a pair of rabbit ears somehow manages to just be as disturbing. Number 10. Charlie No Face Imagine finding yourself outside and alone in the dark on a residential street. You hear footsteps approaching. Suddenly, a man with a misshapen face appears. You run, terrified beyond words. You spread the story of the man with no face throughout Pennsylvania. Charlie No Face, also known as the Green Man, was actually a man named Ray Robinson, and he was no figment of anyone's imagination. Born in 1910, Robinson was disfigured as the result of an electrical accident at the age of eight. He touched some active wires which effectively maimed him with the electricity. It caused his face to practically melt. Knowing his face could be disconcerting, Robinson took to taking strolls only after dark. He often walked a path along Route 351 in Beaver County, Pennsylvania. While his intentions were honorable, Encountering Robinson in the dead of night inevitably led to a spreading of stories about boogeymen haunting the town. Robinson died in 1985. Number 11. The All Too Real Corpse Decoration Notorious outlaw Elmer McCurdy took on a second life following his death. In 1911, the embalmed corpse of McCurdy became a grim sideshow attraction throughout Texas, with people eager to see the famed criminal on display in funeral parlors and carnivals. Though it's hard to document all of his travels, he eventually wound up in Long Beach, California, where someone apparently mistook him for a prop. McCurdy was hung in a funhouse at the New Pike Amusement Park. His body discovered only after a crew member on the $6 million man, which was filming there in 1976, tried to adjust him, thinking he was only a mannequin, but it dislodged his very real arm, which fell to the floor. The following year, his corpse was finally put to proper rest. Now those were some creepy urban legends. Be sure to pass those along, because they're still fun to listen to, and even more so, since they are indeed based on actual truth. And speaking of legends, and urban legends and goings on, there's one more recent an incident that's actually spawned its own urban legend, I guess you could say, and that would be the case of Elise Lamb, which I'm going to relate to you right now. Elisa Lamb there are some cases especially in recent years that are inescapable within the true crime community at the top of the list is the mystery surrounding the death of elisa lamb theories abound on how the 21 year old student died while staying at the infamous cecil hotel in los angeles in 2013 theories ranging from murder to accident to even supernatural forces playing a role in things as for what really happened to elisa lamb we may never truly know the answer to that question the cecil hotel in los angeles all on its own has a indeed a very creepy dark history to it among some of those happenings there have been suicide and even murders over the years. One woman was said to have jumped to her death from her ninth floor room after having a fight with her husband. He didn't see her when she jumped, he was already leaving out of the room, but he heard the cry and the sickening crash below before hurrying back into the room. There have been known criminals who've stayed at the Cecil Hotel, Disappearances. Murder. In fact, the Black Dahlia herself was last seen there just a few days before her dead body was discovered, hacked to pieces. Even more frightening have been a few serial killers who actually lived out of the hotel at a time during their murder sprees. One of them being Richard Ramirez, the famous night stalker. And now, the Hotel Cecil has another dark legend added to its name. Elisa Lam was the daughter of immigrants from Hong Kong and was born in 1991 in Canada. At the time of her death in 2013, she was a student at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada. Though at the time of her death, Lam was not registered as a student there. Prior to her trip to California, Lamb had been struggling with mental health issues, being diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression. At the time of her death, Lamb was on four separate medications to help with her conditions. While her family tried to keep Lamb's mental health struggles quiet, they would later say she had no history of suicide attempts or even suicidal ideas In the years prior to her death Lamb was an avid blogger she had a blog spot named etherfields before switching over to Tumblr named navel navo Her blog consisted of fashion images mixed with quotes and passages about her struggles with mental health and the goings on in her life in January 2013, Lamb embarked on a solo trip to California from Vancouver. As a deal with her family, who worried about her traveling alone, Lamb promised to call them once a day. Using Amtrak and buses to travel, Lamb went to San Diego and visited the zoo. She then traveled to L.A. where, on January 26. She checked into the infamous Cecil Hotel. Originally, Lamb was assigned a shared room, but following complaints from Lamb's roommates about strange behavior, she was moved to a solo unit. Lamb kept her promise to remain in contact with her family every day of her trip. On January 31, 2013, however, Lamb went quiet. This was the day that Lamb was supposed to have checked out of the Cecil Hotel and head to Santa Cruz, but nothing became of her. the The Lamb family would call the police to report Elisa missing and head to LA in order to search for her. police uh, police acted quickly and descended on the Cecil Hotel, where they interviewed hotel staff and businesses in the surrounding area. Staff said they saw Lamb alone that day, while nearby the owner of the last bookstore, Katie Orphan, also saw Lamb buying presents for her family that day. Orphan would say that Lamb appeared to be in good spirits. In addition, the LAPD also searched Cecil Hotel with search dogs, but the LAPD could not go everywhere within the hotel without probable cause. While they searched for Elisa everywhere in the hotel, including the roof, the LAPD did not find her. The search, however, did not go well, even with Lamb's picture plastered everywhere and international media attention on her disappearance, things got even more baffling when the infamous video footage was released. The footage, which you can view online on YouTube and other such places, has been extensively analyzed and picked apart by true crime fans. It is definitely very odd, to say the least, including Lam's strange hand gestures in the video and what looks like a conversation with an invisible person at one point in the footage. Lam appears to step out of the elevator, waving her hands and speaking to someone or something who is off camera, blocked by the elevator door. The bizarre security footage only fueled the mystery surrounding Elisa Lamb's disappearance even further. Shortly after the release, however, there would be a major break in the case. While the police and Lamb's worried family were searching for her, the guests of the Cecil Hotel were noticing something off with the water. Guests complained to hotel staff about odd water pressure. Some said that the water would come out black before clearing and that it had a funny taste to it. On February 19, 2013, four days after the release of the security footage and a couple of weeks after Lamb's disappearance, Her body was found in one of the four large water tanks on the rooftop of the Cecil Hotel. The tank provided water to the guest rooms, the kitchen, and a coffee shop. And now they knew where that strange smell, that strange taste had come from. Responders had to cut the tank open in order to remove Lamb's body which had begun decomposing. Now, details on the state of Lamb's body have remained vague. Some people say that she was found naked in the tank, while others say she was found clothed but covered in a sand-like particle. Running forensics was difficult, though. Reportedly, the coroner did not find any sign of foul play or sexual assault what toxicology tests that could be done on Lamb's body showed that she was taking her medications at the time of her death though given the state of her body and her blood more tests could not be run on Lamb so the cause was ruled to be an accidental drowning with her bipolar disorder as a significant factor in Lamb's death but Is that really case closed? Lamb's death raised more questions than answers. How did she get onto the roof of the Cecil Hotel? The area was closed to guests, and any attempt to force entry would have triggered the alarm. The best answer to Lamb getting on the roof is if she climbed the fire escape to do so, but someone would have noticed her, wouldn't they? Saying she used a fire escape to get onto the roof unseen, how did Lamb get in the tank of water? Hotel workers had to use a ladder to check the water in the 4 by 8 foot cylinder tanks. In addition, they are covered by heavy lids, which would be too hard to cover from the inside. Amateur sleuths are divided on why Lamb would go to the roof. Some say a pursuer. Others say she was on ecstasy, some say a psychotic break, and others say that Lamb committed suicide. More importantly, these online sleuths think that the coroner's report should be re-examined, especially for an indication of sexual assault or testing of a rape kit. Finally, Lamb's phone has never been found. In the aftermath of her disappearance and murder, her Tumblr kept updating. Whether or not this was through the use of the queue option, which allows users to store posts for updates at a later time, or whoever had the phone was posting what was in Lamb's draft folder, remains unknown. There are more questions than answers surrounding the tragic death of Elisa Lamb. And it looks like the family will not be getting closure anytime soon. And that is a very creepy and sad story. If you have not checked out the footage of Lisa Lamb from the taken from the elevator the night she disappeared, it is worth checking out. It will give you the creeps. And I'm sure that this story is destined to become a very fast urban legend with all sorts of twists in the story and ghostly additions, maybe even a serial killer thrown in there. But it is indeed a terrifying yet true legend. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Terrifying Urban Legends True Stories. Hopefully I'll be back in a few weeks to share some more great stories with you. Until then, stay cool, stay safe, lock the doors, bolt your windows, lower the lights, and enjoy some good horror stories. And have a happy haunting.